0: Welcome to Law School Podcaster, your source for inside information and advice on the law school application process. I'm Diana Jordan. You've done your research and you've made a short list of schools you're applying to. Now you're working on your applications. You've sweated over your personal statement, your transcript, recommendations, and LSAT scores are on their way or ready to go. What's left? Your resume. In this podcast, two law school admissions deans and two authors and consultants give you solid advice on putting together your law school application resume. This law school resume will likely be different from the resume you're using to apply for jobs. Our guests explain how these types of resumes differ. They tell us what the admissions committee members who review your resume are looking for, and they'll address writing style, format, and what to include. We'll also hear what can be an immediate red flag. Ann Levine is an admissions consultant and the author of The Law School Admission Game, Play Like an Expert. If
1: I'm evaluating a file, the first thing I turn to is the resume to get an overview of who you are.
0: We also speak with admissions consultant Richard Montauk, author of How to Get into the Top Law Schools. Also on our show are Rita Jones, Assistant Dean, Admissions and Financial Aid at Boston College Law School, and Bill Hoy, Associate Dean for Admissions and Student
2: Affairs at Duke Law. This is Law School Podcaster. Stay tuned to the rest of our show after a word from our sponsor. J.D. Mission is a professional law school admissions consulting firm. We specialize in helping applicants identify and showcase the strongest aspects of their candidacy. Our dedicated consultants, who are law school graduates themselves as well as published authors, are committed to helping you create an application that will dazzle the admissions committee at your dream law school, whether you are a JD candidate or an LLM candidate, a first-time applicant or a transfer student. We will not stop until you are completely satisfied with your application. Your legal career begins with JD Mission. We will give you the competitive edge you need to secure a place at the law school of your choice. For more information and to sign up for a free 30-minute consultation, visit www.jdmission.com.
0: The resume is often the first document the admissions deans will pluck from the candidate's file. And while they spend no more than a minute examining it, the resume outlines the trajectory of the candidate's education and experience, sparkles with highlights that may not show up anywhere else in the application package, and the resume is often referenced several times throughout the process as the admissions committee looks at the rest of the documents in your file. Keep in mind that you will be submitting a resume for law school, not for a job. Dean Hoy of Duke Law School tells us that you may not be submitting the right type of resume to the law school. In
3: my experience, we sometimes see candidates submitting a resume that seems most appropriate for finding a job and then leave off information that we really would find helpful in making a decision about law school admission. So, for instance, uh, someone who is looking for a job might put together a resume that provides a lot of detailed information about their skills in a particular industry and might use even language, even jargon language that only those that are in that industry might really understand and leave off a lot of good information that we would want to know about how that particular individual operated within an academic environment because that's typically not something that the employers might like to see. So that's a missed opportunity. Uh, that might be great for finding a job, but it, but it's really not what we're looking for.
0: Business resumes and resumes for your law school application differ, agrees author and consultant Ann Levine
1: of the resume in a law school application is to really share how you've spent your time basically since graduating from high school for most applicants. So it's really important to describe activities and the time involvement in activities. And so I'm less concerned with making sure it's a one-page resume than I am with making sure you're really communicating your experience to a law school.
0: Rita Jones is the Assistant Dean, Admissions and Financial Aid at Boston College Law School. According to Dean Jones, a resume is a summary of a person's employment history and a listing of a person's education qualifications and other related activities.
4: The difference to me comes in how and where the emphasis is placed. Business resumes focus on a demonstration of employment-based skills and achievements and are generally preceded by a cover letter. A law school application resume, on the other hand, focuses on these factors uh, as well, but also include expanded information about education, volunteer experiences, uh, research, honors and awards, interests and hobbies, that sort of thing.
0: Dean Jones explains that the resume provides background information in a clear and organized way. It can include information not provided elsewhere in the file. It's also an example of a candidate being concise and getting one's point across says Dean Jones. Well,
4: I think a resume could give the reader, anyone on the admissions committee, greater knowledge of an applicant's experience and potential to succeed in law school. For example, a resume could reflect one's level of responsibility, motivation, and success in a particular endeavor. And these are attributes that I think can are transferable to law studies in a way it expands on the profile.
0: So a strong, clear resume is important. Let's get started and build your resume. Richard Montauk is the author of How to Get into the Top Law Schools. He says resumes are a strong tool for admissions committees and yet they don't spend a lot of time with them
5: law school admissions people are likely to spend maybe 15 maybe 30 seconds looking at your resume this means that you should of course have just one page
0: consultant Anne levine is also the author of the law school admission game play like an expert she tells us that the length of your resume depends on your experience
1: for example someone with 25 years of experience you know as a in law enforcement or whatever, is going to have a much different resume than someone who's a year out of school. Um, Most people who are a year or two out of college don't need a two-page resume, but if someone's been president of, you know, 10 student organizations and all of this, then they might need a two-page resume. But I would say it's almost never that I say to someone that they need a three-page resume. In cases where someone has 20 years of work experience a great deal of that work experience is usually in the same industry and can be summarized. You wouldn't need, for example, to have repetitive bullet points under three different job descriptions to describe what a human resources professional does. So I would say one to two pages is ideal. There's only one law school in the country that I know of that requires only a one-page resume. So for most people, two pages is fine if you're using the space properly. If it's all white space, then it's a waste. But Two
0: pages is usually okay. The deans who will read these resumes generally concur. However, there are nuanced differences between schools. Bill Hoy is the associate dean admissions and student affairs at Duke Law.
3: At Duke Law School, we don't have any particular uh, requirement on length, but it certainly can be longer than one page. Uh, and that's, of course, sometimes a mistake that candidates make as they assume that that's what you hear employers want is just one page. But but we think sometimes going beyond that is, is really appropriate, uh, depending on, on the kind of involvement that the candidate has had, uh, the kind of work experience that she has had, for instance, before coming to law school. And, uh, you know, annotating a, a resume will take up some space, so it's perfectly appropriate to to do, uh, you know, a couple pages, two or three pages. The, the actual structure, I, I typically am not too worried about as long as it's very clear and easy to read I I think it's always good to avoid making a very pretty design uh, that might get in the way of, of readability so just pretty straightforward format is is the best I think it's best to stay away from the functional type of resumes that sometimes job seekers are, are using particularly those who might not have a, not have a lot of work experience yet uh, I tend to prefer chronological resumes when detailing involvement in school or work experience because it just it, it's just easy easier to grasp the full context of of the student's experience when reading it.
0: Brainstorm everything you've ever done when you begin building your resume. List your activities, education, and achievements in reverse chronological order, says law school consultant Ann Levine. So
1: anything you're still doing to the present should be listed before anything you finished doing last summer. That's really important in terms of organizing your resume within each heading. Within education, your graduating institution should be first. Within experience, your most recent job should be first. Within activities, your most recent activity should be first, even if you were president of something else. So let's address that. If if that's going to mean that being president of something is buried third in your activities list, you might want to think about breaking out separate headings, one for leadership and one for activities. And these are some of the ways you can really be creative in how you present yourself on your resume while still being
0: accurate. And think about what distinguishes you and what would be an appropriate heading. Let's break it down.
1: If you're getting started with an outline on your resume, the easiest way is just to start putting in the basic headings. Start with education. List the schools you've attended. Think about what you did at each of those schools. What was your degree? What was your major? What were your grades? What honors, what activities, were you a research assistant, were you a TA, just think about everything you've done and when you're brainstorming and outlining your resume, include absolutely everything you can think of under each school you attended. Same with experience, you know, if you have two different career paths you've had, it's okay to separate out one for teaching and one for journalism, but write everything down. So for your jobs, you should write down your title, the company, the location of the company, the dates you were there. If you were working while you were in school, absolutely include the number of hours you were working a week. It helps put all of your achievements in context. Uh, Financial responsibility and self-reliance are really important to emphasize. So if that's part of what your resume represents, your descriptions should emphasize that. You should also have sections for activities, if that applies to you, community service, if that applies to you, significant hobbies, if that applies to you, skills, language abilities are really important to emphasize if you have other skills or other achievements, whether they're athletic. This is all fair game because we want to show you as a well-rounded person. So those are some basic sections you can start with. And make sure that you don't include high school. It's very rare that I have an exception to that rule that's that's worth including. So start with high school graduation, think of everything you did after that, and that's what should be included.
0: Anne Levine says for most people, education should come first on the resume.
1: In most cases, if I'm evaluating a file, the first thing I turn to is the resume to get an overview of who you are. What were your grades? What activities have you done? What have you been involved with? What is your career experience? I want to look at your resume and immediately know, is this someone who's applying with a ton of work experience? Is this someone who put themselves through school? Is this someone who was involved on campus? Is this someone who was a community service person or an advocate? I want to know that from your resume. So put the headings in a way that will let me know that right up front.
0: Richard Montauk explains some of the finer points to building your resume.
5: For jobs that you want to describe in detail, consider separating out the responsibilities from the achievements. The responsibilities can be put into an introductory paragraph form, and then your achievements can be listed as separate bullet points. Be sure to make your resume as up-to-date as possible. Law schools tend to be very curious about what you have done most recently, and without information about what you're doing at the moment, they are likely to assume you're doing something quite feckless, if not worse. The space devoted to a topic should, of course, reflect its importance.
0: At Duke, students are entrepreneurial in the way they approach law school, Dean Hoy wants to see that in the resume.
3: We, in the admissions process, are looking for students who demonstrate that kind of approach, meaning that they are creative, they're innovative, they, they really recognize an opportunity when it comes in front of them and they grab for it. They're ambitious in the, in the best sense of the word. So we're looking for those kinds of factors, uh, some evidence um, of, of this kind of approach in the, in the entire application. So we might get it in the letters of recommendation, for instance. We'll certainly perhaps get a sense of it from what the candidate talks about in the personal statement. But we really like to see a resume as well that really demonstrates um, significant accomplishment uh, in things that the applicant cares about.
0: According to Dean Hoy, you may not be proud of everything you've done, but it might behoove you to include the information anyway.
3: Avoid leaving things out that that you might think are uninteresting. So, for instance, we fully understand that many college students need to work while they are in school uh, to earn money. Toward tuition and living expenses. That's just a fact. We know that happens. But leaving that off is a mistake because a job, even if it seems uninteresting, takes a lot of time, time away from studies. And again, it, it doesn't. If you leave that off, we don't have the full context of how you spent your time. And if you include it, then we will understand uh, the accomplishments that you've had academically. And all the other things that you were ma- managed to do uh, are even more impressive, given that the, the kinds of responsibilities you had uh, to work and, and to earn money. So be certain that that gets on the resume, even if you know a job in the uh, dining hall doesn't sound all that, that interesting. It, it, it's important for us to know that kind of information.
0: List any honors projects or thesis in the academic part of your resume and be specific, Dean Hoy says. Detail the prize and how you were selected. He says the law school also wants to know what the candidate cares about.
3: So I think one mistake that sometimes an applicant might make is to assume that the longer resume is necessarily going to be more impressive, meaning, gosh, if I just join every club that's available uh, and list them all out, then that will look really good. And that's not really necessarily the case uh, because what impresses, I think, many law schools is seeing some sustained engagement in a particular activity or activities where where there's some connections between them. um, that suggests that you've discovered something that you care about, that is meaningful to you, that you feel like you've been able to contribute towards. And that gives us a good clue that this is someone who will continue that kind of approach and that level of engagement while in law school. And because of, of that kind of activity, you'll be someone who will be fun to have as a classmate and someone who will be really fun to teach and will really elevate the environment of the school just based on the the passions that, that you demonstrate.
0: Duke requires a resume. Not all schools do, but Dean Hoy says it's a good idea to send one anyway. Some admissions committees are noticing a new trend in resumes. Dean Jones, among others, is seeing that candidates are picking up on the opportunity they have to use pieces of information in the resume to communicate that they are well-rounded.
4: I really appreciate the candidates who are thoughtful enough and who really say to themselves, okay, what else do I want people to know? We often say that to people who are interested in interviewing. They always say, if I could Put in an interview. If I could talk to you and let you see how much I want to be in law school, it would be great. And we always say, well, that should be in your application. In a resume, a candidate can pick up one of those pieces of information that don't fit anywhere else. Uh, For instance, particular honors or information about the selectivity of a particular award that was received or a job position that was attained among three or four or five hundred applicants. It's a good opportunity for a candidate to really use the resume space to put those pieces of information in place in a very clear, concise way. I think candidates are picking up on that.
0: You can list your achievements in your resume, says Dean Jones.
4: The ones that stick out the most to me are are the ones that do talk about honors or perhaps research that was done uh, and successes in that research, very much like a business resume. You don't want to just list a job. You want to say what you achieved in that position. By the same token, if you've done particular research, if you've had a particular fellowship, you want to talk about what's been achieved, even if you're listing, for instance, work that you've done with a fraternity if you're able to talk about offices held, uh, gains, successes, uh, working with either your peer group in the fraternity or with the national organization, that makes a difference. And that can come out in a resume because there probably isn't any other place that that would be brought to light. That said, you wouldn't want to include that in the resume in a lot of detail if, in fact, part of your personal statement speaks to that.
0: Put your best foot forward in the resume and demonstrate what you've accomplished.
4: Sometimes people are a little too humble. Sometimes in resumes, when you read about people, people who have been in the military, people who have done volunteer work, people who have been involved in athletics, uh, university politics, when you see the kinds of successes people have had... They really stand out when you just see one or two lines that tell you pages worth of information about a candidate. That's what's exciting.
0: Dean Jones has seen shining examples.
4: I think of a few of the veterans of the military who are generally very clear and concise, who have done tremendous work in service to the country and seem to put in about four lines, years worth of dedicated work, promotions, service, really valiant efforts. And I think you could also see that. I know I've seen situations where people have done that in working in service areas, you know, really helping people in volunteer ways. You see it often with with candidates who have done Teach for America. And they go on and you can tell through the resume that they've advanced rather than just doing a two-year stint. They stay involved. And they do it simply by saying how they're still keeping involved with that while going on with another part of their life. It lets you see how enriching some people's experiences are. They're not one-dimensional.
0: Now that we've revealed what goes into a resume, there are some things to leave out. There are some glaring mistakes to avoid. Richard Montauk lists a few
5: fail to update their resume. They include a lot of high school stuff, strongly suggesting that they peaked when they were 17 years old, and it's been downhill ever since. They have lots of typos, including the tracked changes remaining in the resume. They're poorly organized, so you can't follow their educational or career path. They're jammed with detail, and as a result, they're off-putting, causing people who are Uh, would-be readers of this simply to skip reading the resume and go immediately to your file. People also commonly make the mistake of leaving out things that aren't legal, quote-unquote, i.e. what they're doing is shying away from showing that extra dimension of themselves simply because something may not seem directly applicable to law or law school. That's generally a mistake. Feel free to add additional categories, languages, music, time abroad, and so on, as appropriate. This gives a more rounded picture of you, which is of definite interest to schools. Another common mistake: be careful not to show yourself as a hard partying type. In other words, if you're social chair of your fraternity or sorority, you might carefully uh, you might look to leave that off. Don't include an objective or references provided upon request. Both are implied here.
0: Dean Jones shares with us some of the other mistakes she sees, and she provides some ideas to keep in mind as you fine-tune your resume.
4: I don't think it should be used anywhere, including law school resumes, and that is listing, doing things like listing relevant courses or doing a listing of relevant work experience that's separate from the employment history. We often see that in resumes, and I don't think it's necessary. That's not something that you see in a business resume, and I also think it's something that you don't have to see in a law school application resume. Things that people should keep in mind is that you need to be organized and concise. Still, with all we suggest the resume can contain, I don't think it needs to be more than a page or two, and I don't know that there needs to be a theme. You don't have to structure the resume, for instance, to be law-related.
0: Dean Jones identifies more red flags to be aware of, and some of these will be familiar.
4: Well, it's like the application in general. I think typos, misspellings uh, on the resume, gaps in employment history. That's a tough one. You know, we, we would actually consider that a discrepancy. I mean, if there's, if there's a gap in employment, you better describe it, explain it, that sort of thing. And also sometimes just minimal substance in the descriptions of position responsibilities, for instance. Sometimes it's just such a brief listing that it doesn't tell you too much more.
0: Dean Jones says there are certain things you should avoid altogether when building your resume. One
4: thing I noticed, and I I can't speak for everybody in law school admissions, but many of us have commented that you really don't need to list an objective at the beginning of a resume, because the objective often comes through in the personal statement. And in most cases, I also don't think that a law school application resume needs to include high school events. I think you get, get to a point when you're applying to
1: law school that you drop off the high school piece.
0: And Levine is even more emphatic about that high school piece.
1: The most common mistakes for me on resumes absolutely include having high school, <laughs> I don't care if you went to a fancy prep school. In fact, it might even hurt you to show that you were privileged. So unless you had a full scholarship to that fancy prep school, I don't want to know anything about it. In high school, if you were had a 4.0, I don't care. That's what got you into college. You're applying to law school as an adult. So I want to know, as an adult, what have you accomplished? What have you done on your own? Uh, what choices have you made? and how do, how do those choices play into why you're applying to my law school? Those are really important things to think about when you're describing your activities and deciding what to include on your resume. Some other mistakes are including travel that was all from childhood, if you're having a travel section. You, know, you, you want to avoid coming off of looking a little bit privileged. This is about what you've done with your choices, with your money, with your time, since you've been an adult.:
0: You can mention it in your resume if you were a National Merit Scholar, Eagle Scout or any other recognizable, highly regarded accomplishments you had in high school. And Dean Jones says there's only one reason to include high school activities.
4: I don't think you need to include the activities in high school unless they're still ongoing. I do recall an application from a candidate who has been involved with Habitat for Humanity since oh, it was elementary school and still through college was involved with Habitat for Humanity. That's a big deal. If it demonstrates a consistency over time, I think it's fine to go back as far as you need to go back with that.
0: Dean Hoy also advises to handle your community service and high school experiences with care. Some
3: candidates will actually label sections such as uh, service work or community service or leadership opportunities uh, and then in a chronological way sort of list out those kinds of activities, and, and that, that can be that can be helpful. I tend not to like to, to spend a lot of time with high school
4: accomplishments,
3: and, and uh, sometimes we see a resume filled up with that because there hasn't been much to talk about about in college, and that can be less effective. Uh, I think really it's, it's better to focus on, on college work and beyond.
0: Don't overdo the information about your study abroad, says Dean Jones.
4: I think on study abroad experience, it's probably best to be simply stated. Uh, again, especially if uh, discussion of that is included elsewhere in the application, you know, either in the personal statement or, say, from a faculty member who was a part of the study abroad. I think it can be pretty simple unless a candidate really feels that it was incredibly valuable and important and they want to emphasize it. But if that were the case, I'd put it in the personal statement. So many candidates do study abroad, and that's not to diminish the value and the importance of them to all of the students, but it's a matter of simply listing it. And if there's something really important to talk about, really to discuss about it, I think that would come up someplace else, unless there is a brief listing of perhaps the selectivity or perhaps something that was different about that study abroad.
0: In terms of community service, Dean Jones says it depends on how long you've been involved and how involved you've been.
4: You'll see a lot of resumes with an awful lot of listings of some, say, community or volunteer service, and it might be a few weeks here or a month there, and you start adding it up, and it doesn't look tremendously significant. But if it's all been related, I think somehow that works into an overall understanding that here's someone who has been involved. So I think it's important to lay that out but maybe if you're listing three or four different volunteer experiences you could do either a sentence before or a sentence after saying, in all of these cases, this is what I was responsible for, this is what I was involved in, this was the outcome.
0: Dean Jones says don't ignore the gaps in your resume.
4: Don't ignore them because that will stick out like a sore thumb. Better to be as complete as possible and provide any explanation necessary to explain any gap or any other discrepancy. I think it's always better to be very upfront.
0: One red flag is a resume that contains very little information. Dean Hoy says there isn't an easy fix as the solution is not to pad it if there are gaps in the resume explain.
3: If the gaps were that, you know, one graduated from college and and just one hasn't found a job just yet, I think that's important just to let us know. Uh, I mean, we understand this is not an ideal time to graduate from college and and, uh, secure employment. And yet we find many candidates uh, are using their time effectively with some volunteer work, some community service work, things, other kinds of things that they find of interest. Other kinds of gaps, you know, sometimes are created by one had to take some time off because of some family responsibilities uh, that's much more common than, than anyone might think. But it's helpful to, to give us a little bit of information so we know a little bit of what was happening during that time period.
0: You might be adding items to your law school resume that you'd never mention in a job's resume to fill the gaps, according to Richard Montauk.
5: Perhaps you can put in what would ordinarily not be a resume item, i.e. that you were busy prepping for the LSAT or you were spending time traveling or what have you. In other words, things that might not ordinarily appear on a resume, but for this purpose could clarify what you're doing in a useful way. But keep in mind that big gaps in your resume are also the sort of thing that may make appropriate topics for an addendum to your application.
0: If you're feeling overwhelmed at this point, don't worry. Rarely does Montauk see a resume ready to hand in.
5: In fact, the average resume, as far as I can tell, is a bit of a disaster a lot of reasons for that. But most people, I guess, at 21 or 25 don't have resumes that are really appropriate for this process, even if in a few cases they might be appropriate for the job application process. Everything you can do to add value to your resume in terms of sharpening it, shortening it, making it easier and more appealing to read and so on is worth whatever effort you put in. In fact, I would say that the most underutilized, undervalued in that way. Part of the application process is clearly the resume.
0: A resume is a straightforward exercise, lifting out your accomplishments and the things you care about in a format that's easy to read and clear. Don't make a disaster out of your resume. Dean Hoy.
3: I would stay away from things like clip art, you know, or um, a multicolored try to presentation or photographs, things of that nature to try to make the resume stand out. And I think it's just a good idea to remember that one's applying to to a professional school in a profession, and those kinds of cute kinds of uh, adornments uh, typically don't work too well, either in the resume or the personal statement.
0: Read your resume carefully, Dean Hoy says emphatically.
3: You're entering a school that values precision, and certainly profession, I use that as well, so make certain that it's carefully constructed and that there are no typos. Be certain that you spell check it, but don't rely on spell check. You really have to go back and read it a couple of times. Maybe write it and then put it aside for a couple of days and then come back to it. That's that's sometimes easier to pick up any errors.
0: You may be finding it difficult to put the full story of who you are in the spaces provided by a law school application. So your resume is an opportunity to add to your personal story for the admissions committee. Our experts have provided some good advice to build the best resume you can. Candidates should carefully construct the resumes to express their experiences chronologically to highlight those unique gems that set them apart and to fill the gaps while leaving good white space forget about high school double check for typos and keep in mind as you build your resume that this just might be the first look at admissions committee will have of you
2: make it count J.D. Mission is a professional law school admissions consulting firm. We specialize in helping applicants identify and showcase the strongest aspects of their candidacy. Our dedicated consultants, who are law school graduates themselves as well as published authors, are committed to helping you create an application that will dazzle the admissions committee at your dream law school. Whether you are a J.D. candidate or an LLM candidate, a first-time applicant, or a transfer student, we will not stop until you are completely satisfied with your application. Your legal career begins with J.D. Mission. We will give you the competitive edge you need to secure a place at the law school of your choice. For more information and to sign up for a free 30-minute consultation, visit www.jdmission.com. For more information,
0: a transcript of this show, or to sign up to receive more Law School podcasts, visit www.LawSchoolPodcaster.com. Look for us on Facebook and Twitter to get the latest news and insight into the world of law school. I'm Diana Jordan with Law School Podcaster. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for more shows as we explore another topic of interest to help you succeed in the law school application process and beyond.